Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. If you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit Fastline.com for more information. That's Fastline.com. Stories behind the ag brands we love and the ag brands we love to hate. What color is your tractor? With Chrissy Wozniak. Hi, and welcome to What Color Is Your Tractor? I'm Chrissy Wozniak. The story we're telling today is a little bit different. We usually talk to big iron manufacturers about their equipment. Today, we're talking to a company who helps move new and used farm equipment uh, in every single color. With 6 to 8 million annual visitors to their website and approximately 25 million page views a year, Fastline knows the industry and they know it well. From Louisville, Kentucky, I'd like to welcome president of Fastline Marketing Group, Dean Bark. Welcome, Dean, and thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely, Chrissy. Thank you so much for making time for me to come on the show. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So first of all, tell me about your background and your, your personal history with Fastline. Yeah, so actually, I'm from the Louisville area. I grew up here, spent most of my career here as well. I uh, went to school down in Western Kentucky, uh, and then also, uh, you know, took some jobs around the area. I did move up to Chicago for a little bit, but for the most part, have stayed uh, pretty close to home here from the uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, most of my background is actually on the uh, operation side, financial side. I uh, grew up coming through that rank, CPA, uh, controller, uh, CFO, and then ultimately now into the president's role. Uh, at Fastline Marketing Group. Super thrilled. It's a great opportunity for me. And uh, like I said, just love to love to give back and love to be involved in the agricultural community. That's awesome. So tell me about Fastline. Where did the company start? So Fastline started um, as the Ohio Farmers Fastline back in 1978. It started in Ohio and uh, it was a single publication uh, to the farmers there connecting the dealers uh, with the farmers and equipment. And from there, we've kind of grew and, and now we're all across the United States. So uh, Bill Howard's our CEO and our owner and our founder. Um, he's the one that started it all the way back in 1978 in Ohio and it's carried on today uh, all across the United States. And we've really grown uh, throughout all those years. Wow. And uh, over the years, you've grown to offer so many different services into the ag industry. So can you tell me more about that evolution and, and what you've added along the way? Yeah, so we certainly are proud of our farm publications. That was our starting point and super proud of that because we do connect uh, dealers to the farmers and we actually mail our catalogs directly to the home of the farmers. Uh, no one else does that within our particular space. So that's certainly what makes us unique. Proud of that heritage, proud of that background. Like I said, we're all across the United States. But as the market's kind of shifted over the last four or five years, we really changed our game as well. We've invested millions and millions of dollars on the digital side of things. Uh, we see where that's where the marketing uh, is moving in most uh, cases. So we bolstered up our digital capabilities and we now offer a full suite of digital marketing solutions, uh, more so than anybody else within our particular space. Uh, we also have AI intelligence. 
and we also have a very strong social media presence. We actually have more social media followers than anybody else within our particular space as well, with over 400,000 uh, social media followers. So we really tried to build out a full complement of a solutions to certainly help our dealers and then also provide insightful data and information to the farmers, most importantly. Yeah. Yeah. So where is FastLine going? What lays ahead for you? Yeah, so you're going to see some some interesting things probably in 2023. I mean, we really are kind of moving more and more towards a data, being a more of a data type of a company. So we are sitting on a treasure trove of data, uh, especially you know through all of these years of mailing out the publications. We have a great amount of information on the ag community. I mean, we have we know a lot of the demographic information, you know, crops, acreage, all across the United States. Uh, and then we also, with AI, can tell more who's in market to actually purchase farm equipment. So you're going to see us move a lot more forward on the data side here, here in 2023 and, and moving forward. And we really want to try to be more engaged, more involved with the farmers. We want to provide insightful information and insightful data to them that can be useful to help them uh, in their roles and help them within their farms and their businesses. Right. And, and give me some examples of some of this data that you can pull. Yeah, so we can, like I said, you know, I kind of touched on it briefly, but we can tell you exactly, um, you know, who's in the market or at least who's shopping on fastline.com. So, for example, Chris, if you came to our site, uh, if you looked at what other co- whatever color tractor we want to look at here, green or orange or red, you know, when you're looking at them, I mean, we can tell, you know, which pieces of equipment that you've looked at, uh, you know, how many times that you've actually come in. Uh, so, you know, that type of information can be very powerful for the dealers. Uh, and it also can be very helpful for the farmers, too, because at the end of the day, you know, if that's what you're looking for, we can help connect you with the pieces of equipment that you're really wanting to purchase and go out and buy. Yeah, that's really important. So. You know, I'm sure all of our listeners um, know about Fastline, probably receive um, the catalog over the years, have visited the website. But what are some things that you don't think people would would necessarily know about the company? Yeah. So, I mean, I tell you what, I mean, I mentioned Bill earlier on uh, in our in our conversation here. There's there's really not a better person uh, to be associated with and and to work with. Bill Howard, like I said, he started the company back in 1978, got a heart of gold. I mean, he's been all through the ag community, extremely well known, uh, has a a heart of gold. Uh, I mean, Bill is very passionate about his employees. Uh, He's very passionate about our community. So we live in a in a small county, uh, Oldham County, right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. So uh, more ag predominant here within Oldham County, uh, give back a lot to the community. Um, and then also he's extremely passionate about the farmers and in the agricultural community. So he's he's built, a, you know, he's gotten his own uh, small, uh, small acreage farm as well, uh, and really uh, just loves to be involved in, in agriculture. Yeah, that's amazing. And, uh, and I heard that you used to feature tractors on the cover. Yeah, Tell me so, about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it used to be, uh, and, and that's something we're looking to maybe try to get back into as we move forward in 2023 and, and beyond. So we used to always feature an antique tractor on the cover of our publications, and we got such a great response from that. So a lot of farmers would actually mail in or put uh, their pictures of their antique tractor on social media. And what we would do is we would gather it, and then we would basically uh, let them know that it's going to be on the cover of edition six in whatever particular state wow. that they live in. 
And so some of the feedback that we got from that was just incredible. I would come, I would be at farm shows and, and folks would come up to me and say, listen, my tractor was on the front cover of your publication, you know, back in this edition and this year, they would remember all of that. And they'd said, listen, I'd have my, uh, they'd have a, a framed copy in their living room of that particular edition. So it was just so touching to us because it just showed that we really made an impact. We've made an impact within the agricultural community, which is what it's all about. Um, you know, and we want to do that so much with the farmers. And then, you know, just to be able to have uh, folks being so proud of receiving our, our catalogs and actually having their tractors on the covers of our catalogs, that really means something. That's some, that's one of those things that really keeps you going as a company, knowing that you're making a difference and an impact out there with the agricultural community. For sure. I love that. That's That's yes. really great. <laughs> I love that, you know, even to keep them and frame them. And that, yes. that's just so cool. Yeah. And I'm telling you, they're all over the place. And, and when I'm out there traveling, uh, you know, some people will see us out with the fast on hats and they're like, are you associated with fast on? I'm like, yes, I am. And they would just tell those particular stories about the tractors and other people would tell stories too, about how they actually, and I'm not <laughs> making this up. They actually learned to read by going through our publications because wow. they just, yeah, that was just a big part of their their life growing up is they just remember in the fast line publication. So again, just being able to touch folks in that regard uh, just shows that we've been able to make an impact within the community. And that's 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 what our whole sole purpose is. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we're gonna shift gears a little bit. We're gonna talk about the industry. Um, I guess that you know, supply chain disruptions that were devastating manufacturers would have opened some very profitable doors for people selling used equipment. So can you tell me what happened over the last two years and, you know, kind of a, a brief summary of these, this crazy roller coaster that nobody could have ever predicted? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought, I mean, you know, when COVID hit that, you know, obviously everybody was concerned about our, our, our safety and health, you know, with everything, but who would think about all the ripple down effects that would come yeah. from COVID? So absolutely. You're hundred percent right on the supply chain. I know we all felt it and lived it. Um, and it did create some unbelievable situations on the used equipment side of things. Very uh, it was basic, basic supply and demand issues, right? So there, the supply wasn't there. So from a demand standpoint, you could able to really uh, increase your price. And we saw that all over the place. It was very uh, profitable. Uh, if you could go out and sell a piece of equipment, it was certainly a profitable position for folks. And I think that that was another reason that you saw auctions so successful because just the flat out, the supply wasn't there. So uh, when there was some type of supply, you know, bidders would would uh, certainly resonate and, and uh, the interest or the need for those pieces of equipment would grow. And then that's where you would see some of that, uh, those unbelievable prices that were, uh, that were out there, not only in ag, but you saw that with, you know, cars and all kinds of different industries throughout the last couple of years. It was, it was pretty, pretty amazing time for sure. Yeah, for sure. And what are you seeing now? Yeah, things are starting to normalize a little bit, which is, uh, which is encouraging for all of us. I've, I've seen it firsthand, uh, you know, being out there in the uh, the Midwest traveling uh, with to our dealers, uh, you know, starting to see used equipment inventory starting to normalize a little bit. You know, it's consistent with what I'm hearing at some conferences. Uh, been to the uh, the North American Equipment Dealers Association conference in Nashville, and uh, there was a similar one this uh, this week down in the Deep South. Uh, you know, same type of trends from from some of the folks there that things are starting to normalize on the used equipment piece, which is going to be very important and it's encouraging for all of us. Yeah, for sure. And what about parts? What did you see in terms of people, you know, waiting waiting on parts? Yeah, a little bit on the parts side. It didn't really, we do a lot of parts advertising, but it really didn't impact 
us that much uh, from what I saw. I, I think some of the inventory levels may be a little bit greater on the park side of things. So certainly not nearly to the to the to the impact that the equipment component had for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. And I'm hearing that many manufacturers have abandoned just in time manufacturing right like that, right? It was a great idea until 2020. Uh, and they've they've started sourcing material more locally. Do you think that this will kind of insulate uh, the industry from future crises? I think it will. I think it's a really smart move. I mean, again, who would have thought what would have happened over the last couple of years? Uh, but I think everyone's trying to adjust on it. And I certainly think that it will help with supply chain disruptions potentially as we move forward. I, I still think, you know, we're probably um, another year out, I think, from the OEMs on, on the new pieces of equipment to, to write itself probably through the end of 2023. Uh, but I do think, you know, those type of uh, process changes are going to be important and probably will help longer term on the supply chain side of things. Right. Yeah. I just find how incredible it is, just how adaptable everybody is, you know, looking backwards now and Mm -hmm. think, you know, in that moment in March, 2020, it was like, what are we going to do? But to see how far everybody came, it's really quite remarkable. I agree with hundred percent. I mean, definitely, you know, you're talking at a much bigger scale, but I'll give you an example even here. I mean, it, well, in most industries, I mean, you know, obviously we're more uh, on, on the office side of things. So, I mean, just remote workforce. I mean, here, um, everybody worked, you know, in the office before March of 2020. And now, you know, a lot of folks remote and, uh, you know, we've been able to make adjustments on our side as well as any other company in the United States. Uh, so I think you're starting to see more and more of that stick as we move forward. So, uh, you know, whether it's supply chain uh, adjustments or even, you know, on the on the office side of things, you know, uh, most companies are trying to uh, to make adjustments as a result of it. And you're right. I mean, it is funny. Just it's less than three years ago. Um, you know, remarkable some of the changes that have taken place. Yeah, for sure. What are some trends that you've noticed through the years when it comes to the economy? Are there trends that give you a heads up on what could be coming down the down the line? Yeah, I mean, definitely right now is an interesting time, right, when you're seeing inflation as high as it possibly uh, has been. Of course, the last couple of months, things are starting to to reset slightly and normalize a little bit. Um, Interest rates certainly continuing to rise, and the Fed's made it pretty clear that they're going to continue to see that. So, you know, all of those things are a little bit uh, concerning for me, Uh, you know, when we're talking about the ag space, especially with some of those uh, farm loans, you know, that might be out there, you know, with some of the higher interest rates, you know, I'm certainly concerned a little bit about that. Uh, I do think commodity prices, although they were at a high there at the end of uh, 2022 and made just for a banner year within ag, which was great to see. It was a blessing for all of us. Um, they're declining a little bit, uh, but it does seem like some of the input costs associated um, are, are dropping as well. So I still think 2023 is going to be a very good year uh, within the ag space, probably not as good as a uh, 2022, but those those only come along you know ever so often. So I, I still think it's a it's a bullish time uh, for the ag space, but you don't get to say very often. So uh, yeah. we'll take it while we can. <laughs> for sure, and ag tech is important on today's farm equipment. Of course, the rapid adoption of precision ag has been happening for a few decades now. Um, how do you see the adoption of autonomous solutions? proceeding. I'm sure you're probably not seeing too many autonomous solutions in Fastline yet or are you? Uh not so much here at Fastline but but you're <laughs> right. I mean some of the some of the uh uh innovations that are out there, you know, within the space are just incredible. I was at a show uh, I was at the Nebraska um 
uh, Ag Expo, I think back in early December. And just some of the things there, I really got a chance to spend like two full days there. And I don't always get to do that because in most cases I'm, I'm at our booth, you know, talking to the farmers and talking to our customers, which is important, obviously. But I actually got to walk around and just to see some of the technology that's going on and some of the precision and the ability for, you know, everyone to be able to, 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 to um, drive and, 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 and uh, steer those tractors. It's just it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. Some of the things that are out there. So uh, amazing to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and smart technology on ag equipment is becoming so much more efficient. And then with fewer and fewer farms feeding more people, today's farming has to be as efficient as possible, right? So are current manufacturers on the right track, do you think, to help provide those solutions? I think so. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, what I saw there in Nebraska was incredible. I yeah. think that tremendous amount of investment dollars that are going that direction. I think it is important, as you said, I mean, there's less and less folks, unfortunately, uh, that are really working and, and that are that are uh, out there on the farms. And so you have to be efficient. You absolutely do. Yeah. And now uh, let's uh, change tracks again. We're going to start talking about color, about agriculture branding, because that's what really, uh, really intrigues me for sure. So why do you think tractor color means so much to multiple generations of farmers? Yeah. I mean, you hear it all the time, right? What color are you? This and that. And I think it's really twofold from my, from my experience. One, I mean, it's obviously a family heritage for folks that are on the farm, right? I mean, there's, there's generation after generation, and that's what makes this industry so special in my mind is it's just a very, a very family focused and you're just going from generation to generation. So there's a lot of heritage there uh, around, you know, what color tractor that you've had and you're passing that down uh, from generation to generation. So I think that that's a piece of it, obviously, but the other piece that maybe don't, you know, we don't talk about, you know, as much is just, there's just phenomenal branding. I mean, the, yeah. the, the color attractors, right? When you're talking deer, boat, a case, all of them. I mean, these are phenomenal brands and they've done a great job of branding themselves to a particular color. Uh, and I think it's just a combination of those two things. I mean, they've the, both sides. Uh, there's a lot of heritage. There's much as obviously on the farm side, there certainly is. Uh, but there's also quite a bit of heritage with those brands as well. And uh, they know exactly what they're doing. So, yeah, for sure. And then with going forward, with big companies acquiring the standalone manufacturers, you know, like CNH and Agco, for example, owning many competing brands under one company, do you think that brand loyalty will continue into the future? I think you're always going to see some level of brand loyalty, but you you hit on a couple of things already. I mean, with COVID the last couple of years, some of the supply chain shortages, I think it did probably have folks cross line just out of uh, necessity, you know, to be able to get some type of equipment. I think the other thing is too, uh, that's going to be important is, is some of the technological advances that you talked about as well. It's going to be important for each one of the brands to stay up, I think, in my opinion, to par from a technology standpoint. So if there's another brand that's maybe advancing themselves further technologically wise or precision wise, uh, that could alter, you know, some of the, uh, some of the color changes, I guess I would say, within the space. So it's going to be important technology-wise. Uh, and then two, you know, also pricing and income is always going to be, uh, you know, another key factor. And then the other thing, you know, that we deal with a lot on our space is some of the equipment dealers. So, you know, if 
if you have a local dealer or two that uh, that's not performing or that you're not getting the results for particularly, it could be another reason to potentially change. I, I think you're always going to see some uh, some um, heritage there with color, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be as strong probably as what it once was. I think actually there was a, there was a study out a couple of years ago from Farm Equipment that uh, that brand loyalty had dropped by about five to ten percent. So I think with COVID, um, you're gonna you're gonna potentially see a little bit less of that, but but I think it'll always still exist somewhat. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And you know, with fewer farms, fewer decision makers running more acres, it's it's getting tougher for salespeople to reach those decision makers. So do you have any advice to give manufacturers and their salespeople uh, on that? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly right up uh, in our wheelhouse on the fast line side of things. I think yeah. that that's where we could potentially help those folks, you know, connect with the right people that are in the market to purchase farm equipment. Uh, we can certainly help them uh, from a marketing standpoint, be be uh, judicious and I guess be precise. You know, you talk about precision, be precise with your marketing dollars and connect uh, to the people that are actually in the market to purchase equipment. And the same on the farmer side, I would, I would welcome them to, uh, to try us out there at fastline.com because we can put you in touch with some of the pieces of equipment that you're looking for and hopefully have you not have to go to, to multiple different sources. Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. How, what can manufacturers do to retain the customer's brand loyalty going forward? They're going to have to pivot, right? Uh, you know, everybody jokes about how many sweatshirts and and caps, ball caps, can you have um, to build this brand loyalty? But what are some other ideas? I know at Fastline, I've seen at shows, you you come up with some pretty pretty cool ways uh, to make yourself seen at at trade shows. So so, what do you recommend? Yeah, I think definitely, uh, you know, some of the, some of the uh, technology advancements are going to be key. I think, in, in my opinion, those are the type of things that are really going to set folks apart. Uh, and if you're staying up with that from a precision standpoint, you're going to have a very good chance to kind of drive brand loyalty. But there's always creative things that you can do as well, whether it's swag and merchandise and all those things. But but technology is going to be extremely important. Uh, it already is today, but I think that that's, that's going to be the, the bread and butter to it. And I think that that's part of the reason that you're seeing all the investment dollars taking place within the precision ag and, and uh, the space. I think people are already uh, you know keen to that. And uh, that's why some of those advancements are taking place. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Really, really good. Great points, actually. And then I've got one last question for you. What color is your tractor? Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you. There's so many great options out there because we do business with all of them. I mean, I can tell you a lot of great things that are going on with each particular brand at the moment. So let me just put it this way. You can't go wrong with any color tractor. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. As long as it's running, right? <laughs> as long as it's running. That's right. Yeah. You can get parts for it and you can find it, which now you can find it as we move forward here with supply chain uh, yeah. things improved. So yeah, that's the important thing these years. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dean, for joining me today. Um, great conversation. And, and it was really neat to kind of get out of um, it, you know, to get more of a broad view of tractors, not just one color at a time, right? Absolutely. Now, thank you so much for the opportunity. I had a really good time uh, talking with you. And like I said, uh, just happy to happy to be serving the ag community. It's no better spot to be. Wonderful. And thanks to all who are watching or listening. If you want to learn more, the links are provided in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to North American Egg Spotlight. Um, and what color is your tractor? Uh, both on YouTube, Rumble, Telegram, Eggfeast channels, and the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts and have a great day.